welcome. I'm happy to have you here. My guest speaker today is Holly Hoffman, who was on Survivor 21 um, in Nicaragua. She was the last woman standing. And so um, what I'm interested to say is, Holly, how did you deal with setbacks? What can all of us learn from what you learned being not only the setbacks, but everybody in the world are having access to watching your setbacks? Right. You know, Diane, to start, I think I need to just briefly tell you about the game. I know we said we were going to talk much, but I, I did that's see fine, a comment. That's fine. Yeah, I did see a comment come in and someone said they've never watched the show. But basically what you do is you have to apply. I had a casting call in Los Angeles, California that lasted a week. The season that I applied for, actually there were 100,000 people that applied to get on this show. And that's usually the average that they have. So I did not expect to make it. It was just kind of something I thought, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'll see what happens. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. And when I got the final call, I was totally shocked that I made it, first of all. My initial thought was that this was fake and that I would go out there and, and there would be porta potties and, and toilet paper and toothbrush. But what they do is they drop you off in a jungle and you have two tribes of 10 people, and you have to survive for 39 days with the clothes on your back, a water bottle, and a bag. Well, I got out there in the middle of the jungles of Nicaragua with nine other people that were on my tribe competing against the other tribe, and it was real. <laughs> it was totally real. So I had this mindset going in that, I would, I would have toilet paper and there would be tents and campers and I walked into the jungle with the clothes on my back and a bag and a water bottle and I remember standing there and looking around and going, this is real. So just as you have a mindset of walking into a meeting or walking into a, a presentation of some sort that it's going to go one way and it goes another way, it starts playing with your mind. So my first setback was my mindset. And because I had a bad mindset going into this game, that's when I truly, I, I totally became overwhelmed. Uh, we started building a shelter. Some of these people started getting under my skin. I did something on national television I should have never done. I buried a gentleman's $1,600 pair of shoes. I filled them up with sand and I threw them in the ocean. And the hardest part was, they film everything so you don't know what they're going to show and what they're not going to show so that was very very hard for me and the whole mindset was i wanted to quit i got out there and i'm like i'm done i can't do this i i'm out of here and this was day five and i had to last hopefully for 39 days without getting voted off and so day five i was done i walked up to a producer and i said i'm i'm totally done and my setback was not believing that I could do this and telling myself that I couldn't do this because I was totally out of my element. I hate camping. It was raining every night. The bugs were horrible. You have to be in this little shelter with all these people from all walks of life that, of course, they do all these personality tests. So everybody's personalities were clashing and you have to deal with these people. So I walked up to Jimmy Johnson, the former NFL football coach for the Dallas Cowboys, who was on my tribe, and I asked him, I said, Coach Johnson, I need to talk to you. So he and I walked over and we sat on this log and it truly was his words that inspired me. He said, Holly, you can do this, we need you. 
So I believe when it comes to a setback in anyone's life, personally or professionally, you need a Jimmy Johnson. You need to find someone that you can surround yourself with that's going to lift you up instead of bringing you down. And I do say this in my presentation. I do say, you know, a setback is a setup for a comeback. But the choice is truly yours. We all have setbacks in life, but it's your choice what you are going to do with that setback. You can either stay there or you can change your mindset and say, okay, this is what I need to do. So it truly was Coach Johnson that helped me get through my setback. I said I was not going to talk about the personalities, but, let, you know, on your show was the NFL coach, Jimmy Johnson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he gives you a pep talk. For those of us who don't have the luxury of a Jimmy Johnson in our life, how can we all channel our own internal Jimmy Johnson? And last night in my preparation, I, last night I watched at 9 o'clock at night was the closing. <laughs> I watched the whole thing where he said actually survivors saved his life because he didn't know he had a heart disease until the doctor said, you can't go on the show. He had tried apparently multiple times because he's smitten with the show. So how can we each find our own Jimmy Johnson, our own coach? It's about finding your circle in life. Everyone has a circle that you need to surround yourself with people that are inspiring, that lift you up. And your circle is gonna change for the rest of your life. It, it can be someone professionally, it can be a relative, it can be your spouse, and it doesn't have to be big. Your circle can consist of three people. It can consist of 10 people. But the most important thing is that you keep your circle strong. We're all having hardships right now, correct? Every single one of us is going through something. You're working from home. You're homeschooling your children. The value of toilet paper, rushing to the store. I know what it's like to live 38 days in the middle of the jungle without toilet paper. It's You panic. So, you know, it's okay, to, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to find someone that you can vent to. And those are the people that truly support you and that, that, that want to be around you and inspire you. So find someone that you can, I think the key word is connect with. Everybody needs a connection in life. And I know mine was Coach Johnson because I also was a swim coach before I became a professional speaker. And that was our connection. Our connection was coaching. So that's why I reached out to Coach Johnson. So find your circle. You're in the middle of that circle. And the people surrounding you are the people that are going to support you and encourage you. So how do you deal with difficult people when it's a difficult situation? So right now, it's a tough situation for a lot of people. And, you know, you want to find those good people. But there's some people you just want to say, why are you doing this? You obviously had some of that. And it's again, it's all on camera. I did. I had a gentleman who from New York. I liked him out of the game. But in the game, I struggled with him because he was constantly making fun of me. I allowed his words to become my actions. So he was saying all this, all these things to me, but then what I did is I acted out. I stole his $1,600 pair of shoes, I filled them up with sand, I threw them in the ocean, I called them stupid, I became very angry. And you film this show and then you go home and you watch yourself on national television. So as I watched that episode and with along with 3.5 million people who saw me do that, they saw me lash out. So when you think about, you know, you said, Diane, people that get under your skin or make you angry, you allow that. So it's, it's your permission whether you're going to allow someone to do that to you 
or say, you know what, I'm going to step back from that person and I, I am not going to lash out. I am not going to act out towards that person. So don't allow someone to do that to you. And I think that comes with confidence in yourself. You have to have a, a lot of confidence in yourself to say, I'm not going to let someone do that to me. Somebody asked me recently to do a, a talk about relationship repair on how do you repair, you know, relationships that are, that are important to you. How do you repair a fractured relationship or one that, you know, some relationships you let go. It just wasn't a match and you let it go. But what are ones that you do care about? How did you and Dan, was it? I think. Yeah, you know, Dan. Repair mm -hmm. and, and move forward with that. I said I was sorry. <laughs> I said I was sorry on national television. And right away, he did not accept my apology. He looked at me and he said, you know, if you were a man, I would hit you right now. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> so it took a few days, but I kept telling him I was sorry and telling him I was sorry. And then I just, I had to let it go. And that's one thing that I think we struggle with a lot is we as humans dwell on things too much. We dwell on the negative. We dwell on the things that we want to look back at, and we need to let things go. Holding on to negativity is, is something we can't do. 78% of our thoughts every day are negative thoughts. So when you have a negative thought, you have to switch your mind thought, your thinking, and you have to say, okay, think of something positive. So instead of me looking at Dan as the way he was treating me and the way he was bragging about all his wealth, I had to look at, at the positive things that I could see from Dan. Being he had never camped a day in his life, I respected him for that. Being he had never watched an episode of Survivor in his life, I had to respect him for that. So it's all thought and your thoughts in your mind change your actions. Nancy, who was our speaker a few weeks ago, and the other day I was lamenting something and she said to me, Diane, now is not the time for you to, you know, distract too much. Um, you need to take care of your health because your health impacts your immunity. So this is an interesting time for us to really kind of face our annoyances and our stress and some of those different types of things. Let's do talk about just in some cases the brutality of the situation. <laughs> You know, I mean, the snakes, I kept, I felt like Harrison Ford, another snake, you know. Now we're having snakes coming out of, you know, maybe it's debt, maybe it's the loss of a job, the extreme uncomfortableness of that. You said a little bit ago about just experiencing that. Can you just talk a little bit more about just living with that sense of discomfort? You did it for a number of days and we're in this for a long haul. I had a doctor, I was talking, I saw a doctor speak the other day. I mean, he was pretty transparent. This is not closing out soon. We're all in survival mode right now. I knew after 39 days I was done. I, I made it 38. I was the last one voted off. So I do say in my presentation, I wasn't one day short. I was 38 days long. But you learn a lot about yourself when you go through change. And what happens with that change is you're able to adapt if you're a person that can adapt easily, we, we have changed every single day. We don't know when this is going to end, but it's, it's about taking one day at a time and looking at the long run and saying, you know, this is eventually going to get better and we just have to hope that it does. But I truly believe it's about adapting, adapting to the situation. Adapting is essential in surviving in anything. 
And, and when you do that, you're able to thrive and not just survive. And that's what's so very important. We deal with change every single day. Something is changing in our lives. And the thing about it is change is not going away. So it's how you adapt to that change. For those of you, I'd love to have um, people ask questions. I see Rob has his hand up. I'm going to encourage him to ask a question. He always asks great questions and because he, he's just a great thinker. He was our guest a few weeks ago. What has been life been like? I mean, I know you're a professional speaker. You know, obviously, you and I, up until about, you know, six weeks ago, were on the road, you know, with planes, trains, automobiles, getting lots of energy from our audiences. What's life been like since you know the since the show and maybe since the shutdown i'm gonna compare the shutdown to the show okay <laughs> because um when i started the show i was very overwhelmed i was crying on national television like i said i did some things that i regret and i watched myself and since the shutdown my last presentation was march 12th and i remember opening my computer and it was it was cancel after cancel after you know re let's reschedule let's reschedule and I did have another little bit of a meltdown going, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And I remember sitting one evening and thinking, Holly, there's nothing you can do about this, but you personally can look at this in a different way. So what I've done is I'm on the road a lot speaking. I had 11 presentations I was supposed to do in April. I had two graduations in May. My next presentation is hopefully in July. I have two scheduled in August that they're going to try to have. But I looked at it from a different way because traveling a lot, I wasn't taking good care of myself. I was constantly eating junk food. I wasn't exercising. So I thought, okay, let's look on the bright side of this. This is a change. This is a setback. But I'm going to start taking better care of myself. I'm going to start writing another book. So here again, we can either sit here and dwell on what has happened or say, how can I take this time and do something for me and my business and make myself better, my business better. And by all of you being here today, that's the first step that you did is you're taking time for yourself. So it was all about thinking in a positive way and switching things around. That's fantastic. Rob, do you want to um, ask your question? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, well, thank you for your time today. You have great energy, which is fantastic. <laughs> I do brand strategy and a lot of personal branding. And everything you're saying, I'm like, yep, check, 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 all good ideas. Although, personally, I find it very hard to be motivated to do all those things in all this spare time. So, you know, we all understand adapting and we all understand uh, acknowledging the status quo. But how do you actually stay motivated? Truth. The, the honest truth, I have a great circle of friends. Same. Um, I, I have three amazing children who encourage me all the time. Honesty is always the best policy, and Diane and I know that. Before I went and played Survivor, I had never even been on an airplane by myself. Flying out to Los Angeles, California for a casting call for a week, that was a huge step for me because I had never been on an airplane by myself. I was, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was a swim coach. So it's, it's about facing your fears, but to get started, I was there. The first part of March when everything started to get canceled, I kept thinking to myself, my life is over, my speaking career is over. And then I started getting up every morning and hitting the treadmill. And I started feeling better about myself. This morning, I struggled getting out of bed. 
And I thought, nope, Holly, you have to get over. I put my five miles on the treadmill and I felt so much better. So it's about, it's about reaching inside and saying, okay, I got to get some energy in me and doing something for yourself. I've struggled and Diane knows that. We've talked about that. The hardest thing for me is I love to be around people. And all of a sudden, here I am all by myself. It's very lonely. But I have a choice. I can either say, okay, I'm very lonely. Or I can say, okay, let's hop on a Zoom with a couple friends. Or I'm going to call a friend. So reaching out to someone that is going to encourage you is, is huge. It is. I have a follow-on question. Because I'm very curious. What on earth made you uh, a stay-at-home mom, swim coach, never been on a plane, what made you possibly think that you should go on Survivor? <laughs> well, a lot of people thought I was going through menopause. So that's... <laughs> um, it was crazy. I was, I was watching the last episode of Survivor Nicaragua, and I remember just watching the show, and I was a Survivor watcher. So, but I had never really thought about going on the show, and all of my children were off to college. And I, I really wanted to do something for myself. And I know, you know, if you want to do something for yourself, you don't have to go on a reality show oh, to do that. But I just thought, I'm just going to apply just to see what happens. My video was not very good. I stumbled over some of my words. I didn't do an edit. I just sent it in. And when I was selected, I was, I was shocked. And part of my story is the day before I was supposed to leave, I almost backed out. In fact, I, I was very, very close to backing out. But it was because I, I was fearing the unknown and thinking to myself, can I do this? So what really made me do this was just thinking, can I do it? And facing that fear. I hate camping. I'm deathly afraid of snakes. I'm a true believer that everybody, everything happens in life for a reason. I agree. And yes, and my entire life, someone was always holding my hand. I never really felt like I could do things on my own. Part of my story is, is also I grew up in an abusive family. My father was an abusive alcoholic. And I, I always sheltered myself behind a door. I couldn't grab that handle and open up that door. And when you're in a jungle with absolutely nothing but the clothes on your back, you learn a lot about yourself when everything is taken away from you. Right. So even right now, things have been taken away from us. How are you reacting? What are your survival skills? Are you, are you going backwards? Are you going forward? It's up to you what you're going to do. Will you be my friend? <laughs> I will be your friend. I promise. <laughs> Holly, one person has asked the question, what is something that you did and you wish you had gone back and, and done more? Was there friendships? Was there self-advocacy? What was something that you wish you had maybe done more of? Some people, I think there was a fair amount of self-discovery, you know, and it was also the secrets out. The person who won this show was the youngest winner ever, who was 21 years old. And, you know, and it kind of didn't have a strategy, but got along with people. Yes. Yeah. I think in my, in my personal life, the thing I wish I would have done more is, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, or, but I wish I would have taken a little bit more time for myself. I, I was married very young, and um, like I said, I, I always felt like somebody had to hold my hand. This show really made me value independence. I'm a much more independent woman, realizing that I can do things on my own. 
when I speak to high school students, I tell, especially I've, I've done a lot of women's groups. I've done a lot of high school groups. I've gone into women's prisons and I've told them, you know, you are what you are because of you. Nobody else makes you who you are. You are you because of one person and that's you. So I, I wish I would have been a little more independent in my personal life, which I am now. Uh, on the game of Survivor, I wish I wouldn't have said bad words on national television. That was the biggest thing. I do not swear. And of course, I did swear a couple times and they bleeped it out. But my children actually got more slack than, than I did for that. They were like, oh my gosh, your mom just said this word on national television. So it also made me realize in, your, in the real world, what if a camera was following you around 24 hours a day? And they filmed everything you said about anyone or everything that you did to the entire world. Would you be proud of yourself? So those are probably the two things that I wish I would have done a little bit more of. Yeah, so actually, a just a logistics question. Is there a camera with every single contestant all the time? Yes. Wow. You have a camera on you 24 hours a day. The, the only time you do not have a camera on you is when you walk off by yourself. But if you walk off with someone or, or three or four people, of course, they want to film everything that you say. So you do have a camera on you. And I was surprised. I thought they would show a lot more. Some of the things I was glad they didn't show. But, but you don't know what they're going to show and what they're not going to show. I was thinking as I was watching it this last weekend about what it must be like to actually experiencing it without the music and without all of the, you know, all that sort of stuff. One person wanted to talk a little bit more about Jimmy Johnson. I mean, he is such a high profile person. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, we are in, in teams at work and there does tend to be somebody who is dominant or they are a bit of a celebrity the other guy from New York who was kind of Jimmy, the Jimmy T, I think he felt, you know, I think Jimmy Johnson's threatened by me. It was <laughs> yes. you know, like, really, dude, can you talk a little bit more about maybe the star studded part? And for those of us who do get star studded, when there is that type of a person there, how we can self assert and maybe what he said to you a little bit more, but that maybe that wasn't on camera that we didn't see from the edited version. There was a part on camera, I do believe where he said we were sitting in a circle and of course, when we all got there and they dropped us off, we were all like, Jimmy Johnson's on our tribe. Oh my gosh, this is great. And he actually applied three times to be on Survivor. The first time he didn't make it. The second time they discovered heart disease and he said Survivor saved his life. And then the third time he made it. But I was starstruck. I have to admit, I was totally starstruck. But I realized how down to earth he really was. And he's just like us. What did he say to you that we didn't see? Or can you talk a little bit more about that conversation and about how he motivated you? Because that clearly, I think, impacted your ability to, I mean, you were the last woman standing and I wanna talk about that too. He said, I'm not here to win the million dollars. I don't need it. He said, this is not about the money. He said, this is about being out here and helping others get to the end. And here you're playing a game for a million dollars and this gentleman is saying, it's not about the money. Of course, you also have to factor in, this is a game where there is, there is a little strategy and you are playing against each other. So you don't really know who you can trust and who you can't. So his words meant a lot. But when we were sitting on that log, what really struck me is here's a gentleman who is convincing me to stay in the game when your main focus of playing this game is voting people off and getting rid of people. So what does that tell you about his character? And that's what really 
it will stay with me forever is, is the showing of, of Coach Johnson's character. Have you talked to him since? Yes, he wrote, he wrote the foreword of my first book, Your Winner Within. And then when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, he and I were texting. I shot him a text and I congratulated him and so forth. And, and we, we tweet back and forth once in a while. And he's a wonderful man. He really, really is. What was the pressure to be the last woman standing, to be maybe in that final group? Because so many women do get overlooked. And I think um, we also need good men. We really need good men to get us to that next level. Can you talk about that dynamic? Well, in a survivor, you make an alliance. And I had a very strong alliance. And of course, your goal is to make the final three to have a chance to win the million dollars. But when I went into this game, I just wanted to see if I could do it. When I got out there, like I said, I wanted to quit. But being the last woman standing, it was an honor. I have to truly admit it was an honor. I was left with three young gentlemen. <laughs> and I really didn't think they were going to vote me off. I thought one of them was going to keep me to the end. So when they voted me off, I have to be honest with you, I wasn't even upset. I wasn't even sad because I made it 38 days without toilet paper, without brushing my teeth, shaving my legs, washing my hair, 38 days with the same clothes on, just trying to survive. So it was a personal challenge that I just wanted to see if I could do it. Like I said, you learn a lot about, about yourself when you're faced with a major challenge. Holly, this has been just amazing. Any closing thoughts that you want to share with people? One consistent thing in our lives is change. And it truly is about how we adapt to change, how we make ourselves a better person, how we make those around us a better person. And from taking this one opportunity in my life, it made me realize the value of six words. And I really focused on these six words in my presentation as well as in the real world of, of survival. And those six words are faith, attitude, determination, confidence, desire, and perseverance. And if you put all those six words together, you'll, you'll really discover what your true survival skills are. And we all have something in our lives that we're going through, but it truly is about how we adapt, how we look at things, and how we make ourselves better. Holly, this has been such a treat. Thank you so much. It's fun to see you because I actually haven't seen you um, in such a long, long time. Um, Diane, I also want to thank you very much. And I want to thank everyone who, who came on this morning. I truly appreciate everyone and seeing everyone's smiling faces. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, you're so welcome. It's a treat to have you.